Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mastermind.fm. This is James Laws with WP Ninjas, and with me is John Galea from WP Mayor, an RSS aggregator, and plenty of other projects that I'm sure he is excited to get started. Uh, we're uh, going to be talking today about how to transition from an employee to a freelancer to a team leader, maybe even beyond that, a team enabler. Um, we're both working on businesses that have a team, six to seven people. Um, I'm completely local, like all of our staff are in-house. Uh, Jean, you're completely remote, so definitely a different perspective of managing teams. Um, why don't you kind of kick us off with, you know, how do you decide, how do you make the decision? Should I be a freelancer? Should I be a business owner? Or maybe I should just stick being an employee of some other company? Yeah. Hi, everyone. That was a long intro. <laughs> <laughs> and I went right into it, right into it. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I, actually, I used to always, whenever I used to talk to my friends, I would like, I had this passion for doing my own thing, you know, so I would always tell people, hey, you should start making your own plugin, do your own business. And sort of nowadays, with more introspection or experience of the real world, I don't really do that anymore. Because every, every person has a different character. So I think you have to start before everything else to see what your goals are in life. Because everything really depends on that. It's like If you want to travel the world while working, probably being a freelancer would be a good option. Um, so as regards to the trans transition, we can talk about that. But first of all, you need to be really clear on say the next five years where do you want to be in five years time what do you want to do within those five years do you want to grow your cv or career or do you just want to make money do you want to, to have this lifestyle that you're seeking what is it that you really want well jean let's let's start with that with you uh before you got into running your own business and and doing that were you working for somebody did you have a job that you were doing before you transitioned or do you just kind of come out of the womb running your own business <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of have this record of never having worked full time for anyone. So <laughs> I don't know how it is on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. So from my experience, I did a lot of work. I've kind of been starting things from a very young age, from coffee shops to my own t-shirt design company to just several little projects that I was trying to do. But during that whole time, I pretty much worked full time all the way up until about two years ago. So um, my transition into running a business uh, was from the perspective of working full time and really speaking to what you talked about, like the goals that I wanted was the freedom, financial freedom to take care of my family, do something that I was passionate about and loved to do. I didn't want to wake up and work. I wanted to wake up and do something that I believed in that was bigger than just my day-to-day -day job. And that's not to say that you can't wake up and work a full-time job and not believe in it and that be your passion and drive. But for me, um, I knew I needed to do something that was more for myself. But I also wanted the freedom... Um, Honestly, one of my main goals was the freedom of generosity. Like I wanted to be able to have enough money that if I wanted to give to somebody and be, a, and, and, and be able to help someone, I could do so and not feel like I was putting my own family at jeopardy in the process. Um, so that was kind of a focus for me of kind of getting out of just working a regular job to 
uh, maybe running my own business. But I've, I think I've always had the bug, like the, the kind of the earworm saying, hey, you should really work for yourself because you're a terrible employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's something I've always noticed in myself, you know, because I, I did have some part time jobs growing up, you know, when I was a student and and such. And I, I always felt like oh, I would always be trying to see where the, the that business could improve and how I could do something similar myself, but better. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's not always the best employee that is thinking on how to compete with your own boss, you know, so stuff like that. <laughs> yes. I always found myself in a situation where I would be really great at a job for the first two years. I would excel. I would climb the ladder really fast. I learned the job really well. They loved me. They'd promote me. But then I'd get to a certain point where I don't know if it was a ceiling in the company or uh, in that particular position or if I just got bored of what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, I'd find myself butting heads with my boss, um, trying to improve it or trying to correct things that I saw were wrong or whatever the case may be. And really finding myself close to the like, hey, if I stay here too much long, they're going to fire me because I'm really... They, they do not get me anymore. Like that, I'm beyond the point of, of any benefit to them at this point. So that was kind of a hint to me that I pretty much had to be my own yeah. boss. So, so, so far we've mentioned the financial aspect, which I think many people, for many people, this is very important. And also the possibility of really going after some, your dream, you know, be it having your own product or having your own service which you, you might not be able to do with a company, you know. So I have, fr I have friends who are working with huge companies, but they never have any ownership of the product they're working on because there are a hundred other developers working on the same product. So m maybe doing a WordPress plugin, which is much smaller than that software, um, gives them the outlet to really own the product and be have that satisfaction of owning the product yeah that's really a compelling reason to want to do this right is to be in control of your own destiny it's it's one thing to work for for a company and love the product and love the people you work with and enjoy the job but still knowing that in the end i mean you may be in control of your own destiny on a single path within a company. Whereas if you own the product, if you own the company, you can take that wherever you want to go with it. And I think that's a, that is a key point. I think that's why a lot of us get into running our own thing is we wanna, we wanna have control over our destiny, where we end up, how big does this thing get, how small does this thing get. Um, and we need to be careful that the success metric isn't just about making tons of money. Some of us get into business not to be millionaires. We get into business just to live a simple life, but do something that we love and to be, you know, kind of have charge over that. Yeah, I mean, like going to a conference as a business owner is a totally different feeling than just going there as an employee. I, I feel that you have, like, you, you get treated in a very different way, you know. And even when talking to people at meetups or even in other social situations, being a business owner has has that extra edge, which you might want, you know, other people value security more than anything else. And in that case, certainly having your own business is not the right way to go. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's also uh, on that, I want to say there are some signs that you should not start your own business. Um, or be a freelancer or, or go out on your own and you should probably just stay in an employee position. If you're wanting to 
if your thought is, oh, I just want it to be easy, like I just want to do the easy path and so I'm going to start my own thing so I can do whatever I want and it'll be easy, that's probably not a good reason to start a business because starting your own business is anything but easy. Like, and we're going to talk about some of that as we go through this a little bit. But there's nothing easy about running a business. I'm, I'm sure you'd agree with that. <laughs> uh, I would also mention that for some passions or vocations, it's not always easy to have your own business and do that, that thing that you're so passionate about. Um, I haven't really had have anything in mind as an example, but there are things that like, like if you want to be a doctor, for example, that's your vocation, you know, that's you're probably best working in a hospital or within a clinic and you cannot just go out and create a product. There there are possibilities, but it's not so easy as if you're a PHP developer where you can just go out and make your WordPress plugin. Yeah, you have, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, one of the things you had uh, put as a note here, um, transitioning into your own business you talked a little bit about what are you willing to give up versus what you're not. And I think this is, we're now kind of moving off of the topic of should I move into a business, but you're already kind of making that transition. You're, you're starting your own business, you're freelancing, you're doing something. Um, and the pain points of making that transition, because when you leave the position of working for a, a boss who tells you this is what I want done, and move into a position where you work for yourself, there are some challenges and some pain points to work through um, that I think are important. Well, let me say this. When I moved from being like part-time employee into being a freelancer, I realized that I had gotten rid of my boss, but I had one myself, 10 other bosses <laughs> as clients, you know? So, and uh, not all clients are really nice people necessarily so it can be very frustrating as a freelancer and that that's actually what led me to move on to having a product and being a real business owner that was my the thing that spurned me on yeah i have a similar experience where i started doing client work and i re yeah i realized i didn't have one boss i had multiple bosses and they all had their own timelines and their own quirks and um and it was, it was quite frustrating. And I realized I wanted to move into a product business where people were buying into what a product already did, not necessarily what their dreams or aspirations of what their end product might be. So I, I have a similar experience as far as transitioning into product business over freelancing. Some people are great at it. I mean, some people love working with clients, and that's their strength. And so kudos to them. I can't, I can't do it. Um, so we were going to talk about uh, what we're willing to give up as, uh, as we transition through these stages. Yeah, there was one point in that that I was thinking about. I've, in, in a couple of mastermind calls I have, you don't realize that as you start to transition into doing your own thing, that you're no longer just a designer or just a developer um, building a product or building a service. You actually have all these other responsibilities that you have to figure out as it pertains to running your business. And you have to kind of determine what it is that you are, like you, and as you said, what you're willing to give up and what you're not. Um, and speaking to one, a couple individuals in their business, they had transitioned from being the developer of their project and they became the people manager. <laughs> 
Like now they're managing developers and they're doing very little of the development on the side. So if your passion is to write the code, if your passion is to build the product and solve the problems and to do that and not to manage people, you're already going to find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, at least in the initial start of that transition. Yeah, that's a very common issue. I've spoken to many people, even in the WordPress community, who went through the transition and now miss that development time, you know. And I, I went through it myself and probably you had the same experience. And I am more inclined towards business, so it's not a big deal for me. But, you know, if I had to do development all day, I would feel uh, I wouldn't be productive for sure. So that's was my one of my driving forces to become a business owner as well. For me, I this is act, I wrote a blog post a little while ago called "Why I'm Glad I'm Not a Solo Founder," and what this is actually one of the reasons, right? Because I'm not, I consider myself more of a meddler of code than I am a developer. So I I, I understand the principles at play, and I can write some some basic code, but I'm not a I'm not going to write anything majorly di- complicated. Unlike my partner who is our technical founder, who can build pretty much anything I throw at him. But the difference is, if it was de- if the business was dependent on him taking care of payroll and taxes and business licenses and trademarks and things like that, this business wouldn't succeed because he has no desire to do those things. Luckily, as a co-founder, I love administration, I love business, I love organization, and I love figuring all that stuff out and learning how all those thing pieces fit together. So we actually made a really good team. Um, if you're a, if you're solo, you're kind of juggling all that stuff on your own in the initial stages, and so that's something that you definitely need to keep track. Now, as you get to a point where you start hiring for positions. that's when you have the opportunity of this is where what are you willing to give up and what are you willing not to give up comes into play. A lot of times as developers, when we have a developer product shop, we think, oh, let's hire developers, let's hire more developers. But if you love the development, you may be best suited to hire an office manager or a business, you know, somebody who understands the business side of things and bookkeeping or something of that nature so that they can actually do the administrative stuff that you don't care about and then you can write your code. Um, so that's that's something to consider as you're making that transition. How did you handle it? For me, it was uh, it was very gradual. Like I didn't grow very fast, so I didn't find any real major stumbling blocks. Although I must say, I I do hate the legal stuff. I don't know. You mentioned trademarks and copyrights. I don't know if you love them, but <laughs> I certainly never <laughs> learned how to love these things. You know. So, but but yeah, it's true that. I do love organization and managing stuff, so that was better suited for me. And luckily, I had some really good developers who joined me early on and handled the the development of the plugin, which actually I had been developing the plugin myself for the past, the first one or two years and didn't go very far. But once I got the developers, then I could really, I really settled into my natural state of managing and uh, thinking strategically while they handled the development side. That's great. And I think we, we now, now that we have talked about different aspects of starting a business versus maybe not starting one and being an employee or a freelancer, let's say you've been an employee and you made the decision to start by building a WordPress plugin. So where do you start from? How do you learn the business side if it doesn't come natural to you or you haven't studied 
business at school? Where do you start from? That's, that's a great question. Um, I had a little bit of an advantage because I had started multiple different things in, in various locales. So it was, I had at least a little bit of an advantage getting started, having already gone through my paces. But um, there's a few things that you can do. One is just ca- calling your local city or county business office and saying, telling them the type of business that you have. And they can walk you through a lot of the documents that you're going to need and where you're going to file. Uh, a lot of times when you file with the with the, with your state or with the federal government, you know, your federal government, they'll usually send you basically reissue to all of the things that touch you. Um, so like for us in, in uh, Tennessee, we filed with um, got our EIN number, our employee identification number, and then all of a sudden we got email from the county and the city and the state saying, oh, well, you need to do all this stuff too because they're watching all of that. Um, the other thing you can do is just hire a business advisor, somebody who can just sit there and say, hey, if this is what you're wanting to do, you know, just an, a, a consultation for an hour or so where they can say, here's all the documents you're going to need to fill out and you're going to go through this process. And they can probably help you fill all that stuff out too to kind of get you started. Most of us, I think, though, we just kind of fake it till we make it kind of situation, like till we, we get a filing in the mail that's like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do anything with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I can interject here, I think what you described might be specific to the United States. That's true, true, so very true. I haven't experienced any kind of organization that you mentioned when you say, I want to open a business and there's real... Um, government or state cooperation and the, and the way you mentioned sure like in, in Spain or, or Malta there are official government uh, offices where you can go to get the basic information but you're still gonna have to figure things on your own or actually hire maybe a, a lawyer or an accountant so I would s- start by actually talking it out with an accountant you can also run through some numbers and make sure that you know your 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 plan is sound you don't because many people start by saying oh i want to develop this plugin it would be great but they haven't thought the numbers through so sitting down with an accountant can bring you closer to reality and if the numbers make sense then you can start talking about how to create a company or what what how to make yourself a self-employed person what taxes you need to pay and all that all that things that come come with being owning a business or being self-employed yeah, and that actually brings up, I mean, that brings up the topic of that's that's what you do when you've absolutely made the decision to transition. But there's also that earlier stage where you may build a product while you're still working a full-time job just to test it, test the market. That's what we did with Ninja Forms. We released it for probably a good year and a half um, before it started to really make any headway and I worked full-time through that whole process I would handle support in the evenings uh, on the weekends Um, my partner would do development throughout the process throughout that process Um, and it wasn't until 2013 that sales started to go and then we started to transition and say okay this is turning into something that we might both be able to work full-time on and actually start start a business around Um, so there is before you even get into the business side of things Um, There is that process of just get something out there and start testing the market. Um, For us, it was a little easier. Like there are some plugins that you have to actually kind of vet and say, will anybody buy this? Uh, We went into the form space, which had a huge market already, so we knew people would buy it. The question wasn't whether or not people will buy forms plugins. They were already doing that. Um, So the real question was, could we provide a service that was 
unique or different enough that they would see the value of buying purchasing ours over another. And you know, I, I also see <clears throat> that entrepreneurial spirit shine through in the way people just go out and create a plugin and release it for free on say the dot org repository. Maybe you might not earn money, but you can see the download statistics and if you're getting a lot of downloads that's that means that you might be onto something good, you know, versus other people releasing a plugin and having 10 downloads for the first year. I mean, that's an indication that maybe you have to refine your business thinking when choosing your niches. Uh, let's, uh, let's move into our kind of our last topic um, in transitioning, because this is the one that I think people don't think about as often simply because we were used to being managed and we're used to, and when you're working a full-time job, having the structure of eight hours a day or whatever it is your job was, and you just kind of come in, you do your job, you leave, you come in, you do your job, you leave, and then you transition, you quit your job, you move into doing your own thing, and that structure's not there anymore. And a lot of people break down at this point because... Another factor of whether you should start your own thing is whether or not you are well are good at self-managing yourself, you know what I mean, at self-management. Um, I, I remember when I started out, I used to feel either that I'm working too much or that I'm working too little. It was this constant crisis in my head day after day until finally I just implemented time tracking and I could say, okay, today I did this, this and this, you know, and I spent six, eight hours, whatever but I could see something tangible, you know? So that was a great help for me. And maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about some tools that can help you make the transition. But in this, uh, in this episode, let's talk about like the, some concepts that you need to keep in mind when managing yourself. Another thing I must mention is whether you'll have, whether you already have the setup necessary for working, you know, you can't just set up shop at home on your dining table and expect things to go well. You know, you're, you're, you might be living with your parents if you're still young, maybe, or with your spouse, children. These are all super frequent interruptions. And you, I can almost guarantee that you won't be able to work as well as if you were in an office, obviously. Yeah, I, I ended up getting an office early on, uh, once, especially once my, our son came along. Uh, it was just became crucial to get out of the house in order to get anything done because there's so many distractions. Um, I would say my one tip that I would offer when it comes to managing yourself is start small. It's easy to kind of say, oh, I have the whole day available to me. I'm going to go and work eight hours. But what you end up doing is staring at your screen for hours, not sure where to start or what to do. Um, I would test your most productive hours. Are you the sharpest in the morning? Are you the sharpest in the afternoon? Are you sharpest in the evening? When when do you feel like you are the most creative and productive? And just give yourself, focus those two, three hours and do do your work then. Um, that's a good place to start at the, at the very least before you kind of get yourself into a regular schedule. Um, that it, it makes more sense in spinning your wheels when you're just distracted and you can't think straight. And if I had to offer like my top tip in this scenario, it would be to actually move out of your home or office and go to a co-working um, office or well, co-working is not an office. It's a, it's a shared office where people actually work together and collaborate on things. And that's where you can learn 
a lot of business tricks as well. So you're, and you're not alone. You're in the company of people who are all creating products or they're freelancers mostly. And you don't feel like you're just um, working away on your own without any goal. So being around people really makes a big, big difference. I was lucky enough to be able to to travel when I was starting my business and most of my um, work, especially with, with the plugins, started off in Thailand. I was living in Chiang Mai and there's a huge community of digital nomads there. So it was really easy to go just walk into a cafe, sit down and talk to people and uh, meetups and like co-working places are the perfect place to start if you want the right environment to spur new one. Absolutely. And if you don't have a co-working space, uh, but you want to get out of the house, um, you know, there's a Twitter account called Coffice, which is basically the coffee shop office. Um, you know, sometimes just being around people, it, I, I know some people go into a coffee shop and get distracted because there's all this talk going on and stuff. And for me, I find that that's just good white noise that I don't, I'm not actually interested in everyone's conversation, but just having, being, having, being around the energy of people, but still outside of people who are actually going to come talk to me and distract me is helpful. So just if, if you have nothing else, going to a coffee shop uh, can help. And you can kind of break the monotony of your day that way, start some conversations with some people that you may not know, and you may find some interesting ideas just from spring, you know, starting up those conversations. Yeah, it's amazing how many ideas you, you come across just by being outside you know, and observing things. might not have anything to do with development or WordPress, but just observing even how the coffee shop itself works, you know, how, how they treat customers, what level of support they offer, things like that. It's like really inspiring. I think we can wrap up today here, but one thing I must mention is that if you really have some questions, please let us know. We'd be happy to delve into this topic because there was a lot to cover and I'm feeling that we only scratched the surface here with regards to this topic. And we'd be happy to dive into more specific issues that you might have in a further episode. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, consider this really just an overview of some uh, touching on some of the points of this topic. By far, there is so much more to talk about it, as John said. So I'd say, yeah, um, I'd love to, we'd love to hear your questions so we can delve into that further. If you have any questions, we have the mailbox on our website, mastermind.fm. Please go there and leave your questions or comments on the podcast. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes. And uh, where can we find you, James? Uh, you can find me at James Laws on Twitter at, or at jameslaws.com. I'm found on uh, at Jean Galea on Twitter and obviously on wpmayor.com. You can always use the contact form. Well, thanks for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode. See you.